Hey friends, welcome to Women, Wine, and Leadership. This is a fun week for me because starting this year, we are going to start adding a fourth subject every month, interviewing women in the wine industry. Now, it might sound like if there's wine, what else really matters, but um, I have, in my studies here on wine and leadership, I've run across some really fabulous women making more than just wine in the wine industry. And so we're starting out with a, a Colorado winery, Vino Salida, and we're gonna be talking to women and, about wine and about leadership in their industry throughout the year on the fourth week of every month. So I hope you're gonna enjoy this. Put your boots up, grab your glass of wine, and join us. This is a fun interview for me because it's the first time that I am launching uh, the series of women in the wine industry. And sure. the reason that I invited Jessica Shook with Vino Salida Winery is because I was on a road trip from Durango back to Colorado Springs and I stopped there for a beautiful respite from my long drive and realized what a beautiful place they have. And it's something worth talking about. But we're here to talk about women and work, um, leadership in the wine industry, and to talk about wine. So I'm going to let Jessica explain a little bit about why she got started in the wine industry. What brought you here, Jessica? Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Donna. Um, I'm so glad you got to stop in and see our place here. Beautiful. Um, I've been working with the winery Venus Salida for about six years. I was actually born and raised in this area, and after doing some traveling and getting a degree and um, just moving around a bit, I decided that this place was just really special, and this was the community I wanted to be in as an adult. And so nice. I moved home and started working in the nonprofit sector. I did a lot of administration and fundraising, community organizing work. And I really loved it. I loved working with nonprofits. Everybody has these great missions that just build each other up, create that local economy, make it sustainable to live in such a naturally beautiful place. Yeah. Um, and so when I kind of stumbled across the winery job, it really tied in nicely to my passion for building community and added this really beautiful element of wine to celebrate with at the end of every day. Yeah. So it all tied together and, and a lot of my skills in community organizing and fundraising and um, just administrative stuff really, can't, really comes in handy for what I do here. And tell us a little bit about your role at Venus Salida. Right, so I'm our sales and marketing director. Um, we're a very small team. We just have three full-time staff members, including myself, the winemaker, and our tasting room manager, Jamie. Um, we cover all the bases. We run a, a pretty high-level business with very little um, human capital. And yeah. so yeah. I manage our finances and accounting. I help Jamie a lot with tasting room, um, you know, merchandising and creating sales and events, and um, we have a very large wine club that we take really good care of our club members and treat yeah. them like family, so um, 
that's yeah that's about it <laughs> you're in the tasting room right now this is why we hear a little bit of conversation in the background which i think adds to the character of our conversation yeah yeah absolutely nice. yeah and um oh, usually it's a little bit noisier with this group especially we have our knitters here today so they're oh, very it's a knitting group yes well, I think wine goes with knitting. I think it goes with just about anything. But with knitting, you need two hands. I don't know how you can pause. <laughs> yeah. trying to get that down. That's where you get a friend to help with the sipping. There you go. Okay. Okay. Sounds good. That's great. So tell us a little bit about this tasting room, because I honestly make that drive up 285 all the time. And I've seen the winery sign with the arrow and I always yeah. say to my husband hey winery and he laughs and keeps driving so <laughs> I was driving alone I didn't laugh and keep driving <laughs> I, yeah. I said, winery I was yeah. actually looking for a coffee shop and I decided that wine would do <laughs> that's right good good I in and I was amazed when I went up the hill it's really beautiful and y'all built that pretty recently right yeah, yeah. So we've been in this location for four years. We were one of the very first buildings at the end of kind of a little butte in Poncha Springs. Poncha Springs has been um, a very quiet, small community for a long time. And now that the area is growing more, Poncha Springs is right there with it. And there's lots of new housing development and new businesses popping up. Um, which has been really fun to see because we yeah. were we were sort of the center of that and watching it grow around us is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but we're right at the crossroads. Poncha Springs sits at the intersection with Highway 50 and 285, and so we do see a lot of a lot of traffic going by every day. Yeah. And are really stoked when people see us as a little oasis to stop and rest and enjoy yeah. the views. We're at the end of the row, so our views are just spectacular looking at the Collegiates to the north and the Sangres to the south. Um, we get to watch really cool weather patterns just rolling over us all the time. And yeah. um, it's a super beautiful, serene spot. It's taken a long time to settle into the space. From the outside, it looks like just kind of a metal building, but inside we've got beautiful plants and lovely aromas with our food menu and the wine, of course, is always worth it so that's all it takes for me but um but you also have live music and special events there yeah yeah that's part of the community and the celebration part is just wine wine is really conducive to celebrations mm -hmm. so we have parties all the time um we do tasting events we do pumpkin carving in the fall ornament decorating in the winter um, just really something for every season. And Good. So those events are always posted to your website on the event page. Yes. Yeah. Our weekly music every Friday and Saturday. Um, we do local live music for free. People can just come in and enjoy the music. Um, Drink wine. Yeah. Yeah. Now I want to, um, I'm going to post the, the, web address in the show notes everybody can have that it's just vinosalida.com um salida salida i see i did it i told you i would <laughs> it just rolls off the tongue for me but um i want to roll it back to the fact that you are the only woman on a three-person management team mm -hmm. and um you worked another uh in the nonprofit industry which is maybe a little bit different but I want to know what it's like to be the only woman on a management team and how you curate the resiliency and the inner leadership to really show up. Yeah, well, that has been um, 
kind of a learning curve for me being in this industry. Um, I've never been all too intimidated by male-dominated industries or, or jobs or anything, uh-huh. um, but it, it wasn't until this job that I realized what it really meant to assert myself as a woman in leadership really convincing um, my boss, the winemaker here, to sort of see things differently and approach the way we manage our staff in a, in a way that he normally wouldn't, or our investors or our, our guests or any of the other stakeholders. Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's taken a, a tremendous amount of patience and persistence to build trust and understanding that way. Um, and just taking taking tips from other people's books. The owner of the um, Montagna Rum Distillery in Crested Butte is a really big role model of mine. She's built an all-female owned and operated business and um, has just really focused on that open line of communication, mutual respect and understanding to build a good team. Yeah. You know, it's actually been documented that companies with women in top leadership have higher revenues. And I think it's because I'm just speculating that it's because women have more of a natural intuition about just the human factor in managing. And it's also a known fact that the way you treat your people is the way you treat your customers. So if your um, human asset management doesn't match your customer relationship management, it's going to show in your yeah. Yeah, and our company actually shifted pretty starkly after the fifth or sixth year. Um, our winemaker had originally wanted to keep growing and be a major distributor for wine in the state of Colorado yeah. and was building the company up to be prepared for that kind of growth. And over the course of, of doing the distribution, uh, we revealed that it wasn't really profitable for our size of a company. Yeah. And it took, it took me several years to convince him that that was not the direction that we should be going and that our tasting room, our place that we had built, our relationship with our guests and our staff was really the thing that was special. And that's what we needed to keep our focus on, not overinvest, stay small and quality and, and just really take care of ourselves. There's some real wisdom to scalable growth. When we grow too fast, we often get, you know, to use the old term, too big for our britches. And yeah, and sometimes it's really hard to keep up with the, the rate of growth when you grow quickly. And that's where failure yeah. kind of sneaks in. Yeah. You know, one thing that I think is unique about your winery is that you buy grapes in Colorado. Is that a point of pride for Vino Salida? Absolutely. That, that's definitely part of our mission is, is connecting back to that agricultural community. These, these grape growers up on the front range, all there in Palisade, a couple in Peonia as well. They're pretty revolutionary in, in terms of, of agriculture, yeah. you know, facing the climate challenges that we have here and certain varietals of grapes just don't thrive in Colorado. Um, and so figuring out what grapes do thrive in our climate and focusing on those and connecting with the wineries in a way that we can bring that product to our guests and, mm-hmm. um, you know, finish that circle. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's beautiful. It's, yeah. um, um, and I have nothing against those who import their grapes from California. They're, they make, they're making good wine too, but I love your support of agriculture in the state. It's, yeah. It's an important thing to grow and buy local. Yeah. Uh, so when you're, 
calling out a bottle of wine at the end of the day or on Friday night, or you probably, yeah, I'm not going to talk about how often you do, but <laughs> tell me what's your, what's your favorite varietal um, or label? Um, you have so many to sell. You might have political reasons for <laughs> Sure, yeah. Yeah. Well, we, went, we run into this problem often where it's like picking your favorite child. Uh-huh. When yeah. customers ask you, what's your favorite wine here? <laughs> well, I know, but the litmus yeah. test is when it's only you in the room and you, ha- and you have all these bottles to choose from, which one do you pick? Sure. Well, my go-to is our Vino Rosso Di Salida. Di Salida. <laughs> Either way. <laughs> I, I'm a big fan of the red blends. I like these dry red blends where the winemaker gets to really express what they want to from each grape. Yeah. and use different flavor combinations to complementary to complement each other. Um, I think that the flavors and the aromas in wine lend themselves to, you know, being exponentially wonderful based on what they're combined with. Yeah. And so it only makes sense to add grapes to grapes to grapes and find the magic in it. So yeah. Our Vino Rosso is a Zinfandel, Cabernet Franc, and Merlot blend uh-huh. primarily. Nice. So it's a nice, easy drinking, dry red, every day, anything you're eating. You know, if you take it up into the mountains, take it on the river. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's smooth. It's really good and versatile. I love it. So where can people get the wine if they're not passing through Salida and you're not huge into distribution? Are you selling at any uh, liquor stores in state? We no longer distribute to liquor stores, but you can buy it through our website. We have about 40 different states that we ship to directly, and you can have it sent right to your door. So it's a really nice, seamless shopping process online, and you can see all the wines that we carry there. Uh Super. um, Hopefully, we'll help you um, grow some of your... uh, subscriptions here yeah mm-hmm. uh, is there something that people do they get a taster kit to get a, an introduction into your wines um online we do not have a taster kit currently but we're always just inviting people to the winery because i feel like when you come into this space that's when you really understand our mission here and what we're trying to build for the community of wine in colorado and once people come and enjoy it and taste through the wines then they can sign up for the wine club and start receiving their favorite bottles at home. Yeah, well, it's a known thing that people want to contribute to causes that they want to support. There's a lot of cause-based um, um, business. Um, the, uh, there's a word for it, social businesses. Um, the fact that you support the local agriculture community, I think, means a lot to residents and people who are just principally supporting local. Yeah. 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 Well, um, any, any other last thoughts on, um, what, what the wine industry needs in order to kick it up a notch? Yeah. Um, you know, I think that it's just, it really allows people to relax and enjoy no matter what you're doing or where you come from. We see our guests come off the road and they have all these different backgrounds and jobs that they work. And they take a big breath when they walk through the door and they just start relaxing one glass of wine and you're, you're feeling even better. It's, it's a really um, efficient way to get to the real important things in life to me. 
And I love that it's my job, but I would be coming here every day if it wasn't. So <laughs> well, if I lived there, I'd probably come every day too. Yeah. Uh, we'll, we'll have to make it out there um, for one of those music nights or maybe the stomp. I'm a big fan of um, the crush. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> come and help us actually make the wine the old fashioned way. That would be fun. <laughs> I love it. Okay. We'll be in touch. Thank you so much for your time, Jessica. Yeah. Thank you, Donna. I appreciate it. You have a great day. Yeah. Welcome to season two of Women, Wine, and Leadership. This year we're kicking it up a notch with a rotation of fabulous interviews. The first week of every month we're featuring strategies for your small business, for owners and the people who empower them. The second week of the month we're featuring women in the workplace with strategies to thrive at work by bringing your whole life. The third week we're digging into growth strategies for you to live your whole life on purpose. And this might be my favorite. The fourth week of every month, we interview women in the wine industry, making more than just wine, making history as outstanding women in business. Stay in touch with us through all the usual places, 360 Life Strategies on Facebook and Donna Carlson 360 on LinkedIn, Instagram, and Twitter. But hey, before you go, will you subscribe to this podcast? I don't want you to miss a single drop. Until next time.